No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Suspicion can be a tough burden to bear. Today we see where the Lord gave instructions for a husband who suspected that his wife was unfaithful. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. We continue today in Numbers chapter 5 verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Command the children of Israel that they put out of the camp every leper, everyone who has a discharge, and whoever becomes defiled by a corpse. You shall put out both male and female. You shall put them outside the camp, that they may not defile their camps in the midst of which I dwell. And the children of Israel did so, and put them outside the camp as the Lord spoke to Moses, so the children of Israel did. Now, when our children were young and wore disposable diapers, we had a special diaper pail. It was designed to keep the odor in the pail, but I can tell you that on day two, the odor was leaking, and you could smell it down the hall. No amount of air freshener could mask the problem. The only solution was to empty the garbage. Uncleanness in any form gives off a foul odor. And the stench of it, God could not tolerate because he was dwelling in the midst of the camp of the Israelites. So their uncleanness had to be dealt with. They needed to remove it outside the camp. Now, lepers were considered to be unclean. There was concern that they could infect others. Also, the stench of their flesh that was rotting could not be tolerated inside the camp. Therefore, they were to be quarantined outside the camp. And this was also true of someone with a running sore or discharge or someone who had touched a dead body. They were considered ceremonially unclean. The people immediately obeyed the Lord and put the unclean people outside the camp. Now, this may seem cruel to us, but God could not live with the stench in their midst any more than I could remain in a room with a day-old diaper pail. This also calls us to deal with sin in our own hearts. Sometimes we can't smell it ourselves, but if we are carrying bitterness in the heart, then other people around us can smell it, and God certainly smells it. He tells us that we must get rid of it, And that goes for any other uncleanness as well. Verse 5, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel. When a man or woman commits any sin that men commit in unfaithfulness against the Lord, and that person is guilty, then he shall confess the sin which he has committed. He shall make restitution for his trespass in full, plus one-fifth of it, and give it to the one he has wronged. But if the man has no relative to whom restitution may be made for the wrong, the restitution for the wrong must go to the Lord for the priest, in addition to the ram of the atonement with which atonement is made for him. Every offering of all the holy things of the children of Israel which they bring to the priest shall be his, and every man's holy things shall be his. Whatever any man gives to the priest shall be his." Now, this is dealing with the situation where a person wrongs another person. 
But God also says that it is unfaithfulness against the Lord. Because all sin is ultimately against God. It violates his law. When a person became aware of his sin and his conscience made him feel guilty, then he was to confess the sin he had committed. That is, he was to make an admission to it. And if he had wronged someone, then he was to make restitution for whatever he took from his neighbor. He was also to add 20% to it. It wasn't enough just to say that he was sorry. He needed to put it right in a way that compensated his neighbor for the loss. However, if the person whom he cheated was no longer alive and he had no living heirs, then the restitution was to be given to the priest as his possession. The transgressor was also to present a ram as a trespass offering. Sin is serious and has costly consequences. I believe we take it far too lightly in our culture. And the practice of making restitution is almost totally lost. Verse 11, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, If any man's wife goes astray and behaves unfaithfully toward him, and a man lies with her carnally, and it is hidden from the eyes of her husband, and it is concealed that she has defiled herself, and there was no witness against her, nor was she caught. If the spirit of jealousy comes upon him, and he becomes jealous of his wife who has defiled her, or if the spirit of jealousy comes upon him, and he becomes jealous of his wife, although she has not defiled herself? You see, infidelity is one of the oldest and most grievous sins known to man. This deals with the situation where a woman has been unfaithful to her husband, but she has hidden it from him. Nevertheless, the spirit of jealousy comes upon him so that he does not trust her. Having counseled couples who have suffered infidelity, I can tell you that this is such a great breach of trust that it is very, very difficult for the offended party to ever let it go and trust his or her spouse again. Thankfully, with God, all things are possible. In this case, the man cannot prove it, but he does not trust his wife. Now, the truth may be that she is innocent, but how can he know? What is he to do? Verse 15, Then the man shall bring his wife to the priest. He shall bring the offering required for her, one-tenth of an ephah of barley meal. He shall pour no oil on it and put no frankincense on it because it is a grain offering of jealousy, an offering for remembering, for bringing iniquity to remembrance. He was to bring to the priest about two quarts of barley flour, and he wasn't to add oil or frankincense to it, which would have made it a sweet fragrance, because this was for jealousy. It was to bring to light what was hidden in darkness. I think that many times in our efforts to conceal the truth or to search out the truth, we forget that all secrets ultimately belong to God. He exposes the deeds of darkness, and he certainly will in time. He has said in his word, be sure your sin will find you out. This offering was an appeal to God to make the truth clearly known. Verse 16, And the priest shall bring her near and set her before the Lord. 
The priest shall take holy water in an earthen vessel and take some of the dust that is on the floor of the tabernacle and put it into the water. Then the priest shall stand the woman before the Lord, uncover the woman's head, and put the offering for remembering in her hands, which is the grain offering of jealousy. And the priest shall have in his hand the bitter water that brings a curse. And the priest shall put her under oath and say to the woman, If no man has lain with you, and if you have not gone astray to uncleanness while under your husband's authority, be free from this bitter water that brings a curse. But if you have gone astray while under your husband's authority, and if you have defiled yourself and some man other than your husband has lain with you, then the priest shall put the woman under the oath of the curse. And he shall say to the woman, The Lord make you a curse and an oath among your people when the Lord makes your thigh rot and your belly swell. And may this water that causes the curse go into your stomach and make your belly swell and your thigh rot. Then the woman shall say, Amen, so be it. The priest would put the woman under oath. This was really her last opportunity to confess her sin. According to Jewish tradition, if she did confess and admitted that she had defiled herself, she would be divorced and lose her dowry, but she would not be put to death. However, if she claimed her innocence, then she would have to drink the bitter water and agree to the test. Now, if she had sinned, her womb would shrivel and her abdomen would swell and she would no longer be able to bear children. In that culture especially, this was a great curse. Verse 23, Then the priest shall write these curses in a book and he shall scrape them off into the bitter water. And he shall make the woman drink the bitter water that brings a curse and the water that brings the curse shall enter her to become bitter. Then the priest shall take the grain offering of jealousy from the woman's hand, shall wave the offering before the Lord and bring it to the altar. And the priest shall take a handful of the offering as its memorial portion, burn it on the altar and afterward make the woman drink the water. The water was made bitter not only because it contained dust from the floor of the tabernacle, but also because the priest had written the curses in a book and then scraped them into the water. The water was now figuratively containing the curse, and it would go into the woman's system, revealing the truth. Imagine how frightening this experience would be for the woman. Imagine if the woman had a particularly jealous husband who drug her before the priest over and over again. Verse 27. When he has made her drink the water, then it shall be, if she has defiled herself and behaved unfaithfully toward her husband, that the water that brings a curse will enter her and become bitter, and her belly will swell, her thigh will rot, and the woman will become a curse among her people. But if the woman has not defiled herself and is clean, then she shall be free and may conceive children. Did the effects of this curse appear immediately? We are not told. It may have taken minutes, hours, days, or weeks before it manifested. But if her abdomen swelled and her womb shriveled, then everyone would know she had been unfaithful and her name would become a byword among her people. Her reputation would be ruined and she would be barren. 
However, if she were innocent, then the bitter water would have no effect and she would be exonerated. She could freely give birth to her children and her husband's jealousy, hopefully, would go away. Verse 29, this is the law of jealousy when a wife, while under her husband's authority, goes astray and defiles herself, or when the spirit of jealousy comes upon a man and he becomes jealous of his wife. Then he shall stand the woman before the Lord and the priest shall execute all this law upon her. Then the man shall be free from iniquity, but that woman shall bear her guilt. Now, this seems one-sided to us. For what if the man had been unfaithful? This was certainly a male-dominated culture where women had few rights. Under the new covenant, Christianity has been the greatest liberator of women in the world. For in Christ, there is neither male nor female. However, we should also point out that this pictures the relationship between Christ and his church. It is never Christ who is unfaithful to us, but rather we who have been unfaithful to him. Yet in his mercy and grace, he still receives us to himself when we are repentant and return to him. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepper Ridge Elementary School in Boise. To listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to our website at calvarytv.org. You can also text us at 208-314-3377 with questions or comments. We'd love to hear from you. That's 208-314-3377. Tomorrow we will see where God made provision for a person to take a special vow of consecration. We'll also see that this was the secret behind Samson's superhuman strength. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Numbers on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.